right, everyone. Welcome back to uh, the 25th episode of The Fan and the Fanatic. Uh, Matt is still in his recovery mode from his unfortunate injury last week. Um, did you have a good birthday at least, though? How's your birthday weekend? Yeah, it was fun. Had a lot of good food and drinks, so that always cures the the downfall I had on my birthday. <laughs> Literally my actual birthday. <laughs> Literal downfall. <laughs> oh, well, that's good. Um, all right, well... Let's just hop into it. We'll make this one a quicker pod. Um, so let's start with uh, game six. So our last pod, we were kind of previewing uh, game six of the Eastern Conference Finals, Miami and Boston. Uh, kind of exactly, you know, what we said, either Butler or Tatum, whoever has the better game uh, is going to win that one. And Jimmy had an all-timer. Um, had 47, 9, and 8 with four steals as well. Uh, Kyle Lowry finally stepped up in that game. Um, it was basically just those two um, kind of carried the whole game for, for Miami. But it was really, if we're being honest, it was really Jimmy. He just went nuclear. Um, and, you know, they Tatum gave his 30. That it's kind of almost expected at this point. I feel like from, you know, from, from him. Um, but like I said, I mean, Jalen Brown, man, he only had 20 points. I said, it was like, he's going to need to give you 25 to 30 for them to win. Although they got a lot of production from, that was a Derek White game too, who I think has been just unreal for Boston um, throughout this series. But that was, I mean, that was game six and then game seven in Miami, it looked like the game was over uh, with about two and a half minutes to go. Boston was up 11 and, or actually it was, no, sorry, it was more than 11. I think they were up 13 or something. Cause I think Miami went on an 11 0 run um, to close it out until um, yeah, Jimmy couldn't hit the shot, but uh, I guess overall reactions for me, um, the Celtics are gritty and they're, you know, they're going to play defense on the Warriors. And um, as long as one guy besides Jason Tatum um, and Jalen Brown give them, you know, 15 to 20 points, I think it's pretty much a wrap. Um for, or, or I mean, not a wrap. That's I think that's Boston's game plan for success right there. Um, but gotta say, I don't know that that game seven, Marcus Smart was taking like all those shots at the end, and he was the reason that Miami even had a chance in that game. Um, but okay, well before we get into the game seven, I want to hear your reaction. Uh, game six first. So can I just say that I was right with my initial breakdown that I said the only way the Heat can win is if Jimmy Butler scores over 40, and that's what he did in game six. So yay, my broken hand. (laughs) (laughs) But in all seriousness, no. But Jimmy Butler, I mean, I think to me, I know they ended up losing the series, but in game six, he really did show that he really is an alpha 
to me, he can be a number one option that you can win a championship with. And uh, he, it was all Jimmy Butler. But there was one guy that I want to point out that he was kind of good, but also kind of bad. And that was Kyle Lowry. So Kyle Lowry had a terrible game five. I think he went 0 for 6 from the field in game five. But he bounces back nicely. I think he had a double-double in game six, scored 18 points. Yeah. But so that's the good. So he actually showed why he's an all-star, why he was a champion with the Raptors. But late in the late in the game, he hits a, a big game tying three, which I thought was one of the biggest shots of the game. But he makes some bad fouls on defense. I'm like, bro, like what are you doing? I thought when he fouled out, they were in trouble because he was kind of that stopper. You know, he's a pretty gritty point guard. He was playing good up to that point. He just hit that big three, and then he commits two terrible fouls. I'm like, what are you doing? I mean, for a guy who's experienced like that, and you know, he has that championship DNA. I mean, that's losing basketball. So. I mean, that just can't happen from a veteran to me. But that just shows how great Jimmy Butler was for him to really just say, don't worry, I got this. And he literally just willed them to victory in that in that game six. Um, still, you know, didn't really see much from Bam in that game. Uh, I know in the first half, I don't know if you're listening to the halftime show, but Jalen Rose is actually pretty critical of Bam saying that he was really passive, like almost kind of looked like Ben Simmons to a point, just wasn't looking for his shot. Um, but to me, Bam is, is a critical part of that team too because he's kind of at that all-star potential caliber kind of player. And if you can play to what the Heat and really the most, most of the NBA fans see, um, that would make them a totally different team on offense especially. So... That's kind of my game six nutshell take. It was the Jimmy Butler game. Really nothing else to to break there. But uh, yeah, but let's move on to, to game seven because I know there's a lot of discussion about, especially the ending of that game. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, it was going to be, you know, I had a feeling it was going to be a good game either way. It was really looking like, uh, Boston was going to run away with it, right? Um, I mean, they were rolling in the first half or, or the first quarter. Miami comes back, cuts it close, um, and then they, you know, pull away at the beginning of the fourth quarter. And it's like, oh, well, there's that typical Celtics team we've seen throughout the playoffs. They just don't lose two games in a row easily. It's like uh, they lose, they come back, and they come back in a big way, right? Um, yep. Got a shout-out. uh Ime Udoka, I think. We don't really talk about him a lot. Um, but he, he's done a hell of a job, I think, um, with this Boston team. And uh, even Brad Stevens, you know, putting this team together um, with the Al Horford. And like I've been saying, the, the Derek White pickup this season. Like I think that those two guys have been just huge for this team in the playoffs. Um, but breaking down in this game, you know, I guess when the, it just shows, you know, 
with how today's game works, it's if you can play defense and shoot threes, um, you are always in the game. You always have a chance. You know, it was a double digit lead. I everyone I think in Miami thought the game was over. Everyone watching probably thought the game was over. Um, you know, it, all it takes is a couple missed shots and a couple big, big shots from Miami, and it, like you, you blink and it's like a five point game. It's like, wait, what just happened? You know, um, and then I thought the big shot too that um, was Struess. I think right, he hit the big three yeah. to cut it to a two point game, um, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh my god, it's like, what are we just about to see like the like heist of the century? Um, and then I guess, well, let's get to that moment. So, you know, Marcus Smart, I think he missed like three open threes um, or it was at least two of the open threes. And then he missed the layup um, that led to Jimmy Butler, you know, whatever, 13 seconds left. Comes on the court, uh, down two, pulls it for three. Would have, it's, it's the hero shot, you know, um, comes up short. Boston gets the ball, hits the free throws that basically uh, seal that game. So, you know, I'm kind of curious your take, Matt. But, you know, for me, um, I guess a a lot of people were were giving Jimmy a hard time for, for pulling that three in that situation, you know. Me personally, I honestly, I did not have a problem with it. Um, just me, like he's been that guy, like you were saying, right. He's been the alpha. He's shown he's the alpha. He can be the number one. And sometimes you just like live or die with your best player, you know, uh, whatever shot he's going to choose to take. And that just speaks to the alpha in him. He wasn't going to settle. You know, he, he saw Horford backing off. Uh, he, it was a, you know, it was, it wasn't a contested look. He, he had the space to get off the shot, uh, you know, in rhythm coming down the court. And, you know, in, in those situations, right. You want, um, you know, you're down, down to, you want to get a shot up early, um, for, you know, a chance at an offensive rebound, you know, scramble. Cause you don't want to, you know, pull it back and ha- let Boston reset their defense too. Um, so I, I honestly had no problem with the shot. I was like, oh, you, he's not Steph. You know, you're not a three-point shooter. Well, it's like, man, like, if that was Kobe or, you know, Jordan, like, they weren't always snipers, right? Like, especially Jordan from three. But I don't think anyone would have a problem with Michael just pulling up for three in that situation. You know what I mean? Um, and Jimmy gave it his all. Uh, I mean, he played literally – the whole game he did not come out for one second um and then it's just like you know the shot was short it's like is that the 48 minute legs right there that he just couldn't a game seven 48 minutes in the last game and he was just short right um you always hear like uh with basketball players it's like when you're tired at the end it's not like because you don't get enough from your your upper body right it's always your legs just don't quite have it so i hard to say if that played a factor in it but i i had no problem with it so i don't know so i'm actually on the same side as you when i saw the shot i thought 
I thought it was going in first off because it was straight. Oh yeah, but it, it was good. it was it was just short, like what you said. And you know, to me, exactly what you said. So just kind of piggybacking off of what you said is, I want the ball in my best player's hands, and I'm gonna live with the result, whatever it is. So people are saying, I know a lot of people are saying, oh, you know, he had Horford, like he could have drove it to the basket. Horford was backing up, like he didn't have position. So he, he can go to the line and knock down two. But let's just put things into perspective. So let's say Jimmy does make the shot. Nobody's going to be talking about, oh, that's a bad shot. He would be the hero. He would be the, you know, one of those premier playoff moments right there. Mm-hmm. That would have been and- it. Are you kidding? Yeah. That might be one of the greatest playoff moments of all time. Game seven, down two, and you hit the, the three to give your team the lead. Mm-hmm. And then if, if it led to the victory too, right? Like that's an that would be like an immortalized moment in like NBA history. Right. Yeah. But if that even if that's like Giannis, if Giannis had a wide open three to win the game. And, the, and he misses it. I don't think the Bucks fans would be upset about that. It's like Giannis had the ball. Maybe he's not the best shooter, but he's wide open. It's not like Horford was right in his face. He had enough space to set his feet and get off a good look. And it just didn't go in. So I really didn't think it was a bad shot. And I actually watched uh, Draymond Green's podcast. Oh, I didn't so get to watch that yet. He said it was he would have uh, drove the ball if it was Jimmy, saying that Horford was backing up. You know, Jimmy's really good at, you know, driving the basketball and going to the line. But I think to another point that you said is he did play 48 minutes. I don't think Jimmy wanted any part of going to overtime. It was like, it's do or die right now. And maybe if he didn't play all 48, he might have been taking it to the hoop. But, you know, seven games against the Boston Celtics plus 48 minutes in game seven, that's, that's a lot of wear and tear. So I really don't blame Jimmy. Uh, he was outstanding for most of the series. I will say he did have a couple bad games. But I think what I want to bring up is what led up to that shot attempt. So you said Miami was down by... 11 13 13 right sure it was 13. and marcus smart <laughs> in the late stretches of the game is taking your last five shots what like what like that shouldn't even be happening where is jason tatum where is jalen brown those guys should be taking the shots trying to close out the game i i don't want marcus smart no offense to marcus smart he's a great defender but some of the shots that he takes i personally I'm not a fan of it. I think he's trying to play a little out of what he's supposed to be doing. He gets out of his role sometimes. And that's really what causes Boston to, to get into those laws. I mean, he's a high volume shooter, but I mean, he has that, I guess you could say Mamba mentality. Like, you know, <laughs> I'm just going to keep shooting it. Right. <clears throat> no, no memory, but I mean, Boston's late game execution has been pretty bad for the most part and you know they're lucky that Miami was not hitting their shots for the most part because uh you do that against their opponent in the next round which is Golden State you're not winning (laughs) you're dead so 
that was kind of my my takeaway of that is what led up to that Jimmy Butler shot. It shouldn't even have happened in the first place. Yeah, um, I'm with you there. Like, I mean, we can even look back to the uh, Milwaukee series, right? Um, you know, Marcus Smart had that that game five that well, it's the Drew Holiday game basically, right? But it was Marcus Smart that got blocked in the baseline. Mm-hmm. Um, and then got stripped to to end the game by Drew Holiday. And so, I mean, I'm gonna give a little credit to the Heat um, in the sense of we always we we hear this all the time, right? It's you know don't let so and so beat you. We're not gonna let. And that's exactly what they did. And they said if Marcus Smart is gonna beat us, so be it. Because every time Tatum touched the ball past half court, they were doubling like easily, and Tatum would just. I mean, it's almost what, you know, Skip Bayless always kills LeBron for, right? It's like making the quote-unquote right basketball play. Um, It's when you're doubled, move the ball, you know, someone's going to be open. This case happened to be Marcus Smart, and, you know, he didn't hit any of the shots, you know, down the stretch. Uh, Even that, but, like, yeah, that last um, shot, too, before Jimmy missed, right? Like, like he's taking a contested layup into traffic. Like, is that really what you want up when you're only up two? Like, if anyone is gonna take that shot, I'd rather it be Jason Tatum being triple teamed or whatever. Like, I'd rather have that, honestly. Um, and so it, it's just I yeah. We'll we'll get into that preview um a little bit later, but yeah, I just wanted to um say yeah i i agree with you there on the the marcus smart thing um <clears throat> all right well let's just uh piggyback off the notes here so the the heat i guess you know they've they've been close it's you know two out of the past three years now finals eastern conference finals um they're showing their you know a formidable force it's just what is it gonna take now um for them to take the you know get over the hump get to the finals and win right um i'm not sure what what you think um i'm just gonna say they're gonna just need because i i really do like their current roster i really do think this current roster can win a you know a finals i mean it came down to literally one shot um to decide it all if, if anything, I think they just are going to need a second go-to shot creator, I guess. Because, uh, like, you know, we talk about it. Struess, you know, Vincent, Oladipo, all those guys can. Like, I think if we saw an all-star level Victor Oladipo, that would be the key that Miami needed. But he just – he's been hurt a lot the past two years. Um, you know, I know he's he was coming into his own – uh, defensively he still looks really sharp but i think he if he can get back to the offensive all-star level victor oladipo indiana oladipo then i think that's gonna be the thing if not i think they gotta trade for for just a a dynamic playmaker or a scorer um because i mean whatever whoever they they pick up is gonna adapt to that heat um, culture almost right heat culture and the, the defense that they play 
Um, I think they have enough set shot guys. They they just need one guy to just take that load off of Jimmy. Because um, I don't know if we're going to see that in Bam, honestly. Um, I don't know. That that that's that that would be my only thing. It's just adding that true second option. So I agree, but based on what you said, right? All those Heat players they have that grit and grind kind of mentality. So what second star would you say has that that build? And if I'm looking at the free agents, Kyrie Irving, uh, no. <laughs> uh james harden no i mean i i really don't see anyone in the class that would fit that culture in a sense probably gonna have to be a trade there was i don't know if you saw this report there is a report that said that they're looking at donovan mitchell (laughs) and they could package tyler hero in that deal but personally it's it's tricky like i mean mitchell is definitely a, a upgrade for the offense but but is he, he gonna be a one culture? or i mean is he gonna be okay being a two i guess that's the other yeah thing. yeah that's i don't know thing. i don't see that working though to be honest see like if if the heat could have landed like a DeRozan or like someone like that um I think even, I mean, his, I think his contract's too big, but like a Bradley Beal kind of guy, um, like someone that's that dynamic. Bradley um, Beal would fit, I think. Because he, I know he's about winning, um, right? And so, but, you know, you're going to have to give up a lot of your assets. And so are you even going to be the same team after that? Uh, I think it's kind of hard. Um, I mean, the, you know that's on Pat Riley, right? He's he, I mean, he obviously he knows what he's doing. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. It's good. It's gonna have to be a scorer, though. I I just someone has to take that load off of Jimmy. It it's just like you just can't have him bail you out every single time. We we've, we've seen that it's two years in a row now, right? KD against uh the cell or sorry, KD against the Bucks last year in that game seven where he just didn't have the juice, right? That he airballed the three. Um, it's like the same way it ended this year. He Jimmy just didn't have the juice um, to get enough on the shot. So it's like you need – at some point you need someone to take the load off. Um, but so I guess – I'm going to throw out this, this idea. So assuming that Miami kind of keeps that culture intact, so what if they don't get that kind of second tier score and they just bring back, say they bring back Oladipo? I think one of the the issues they need to address is size, and Boston really kind of dominated them on the glass with Robert Williams, Horford, even Tatum, Grant Williams. You got all these big bodies, and mm. the tallest guy in the Heat is Bam, and right. he's what six nine maybe. And then if he comes out of the game, I mean, they don't play Dwayne Dedman. Like, <laughs> he's not going to play meaningful minutes. So they're really undersized. So they, I think true. they need a they need a big. You can get, like, a JaVel McGee kind of big to kind of back up Bam maybe. Like, I think that would help kind of keep that heat culture intact, focusing on defense. 
that's kind of like their set what i would consider like a secondary plan mm-hmm. if they don't get that second guy yeah i could see yeah i kind of like that actually because you think about it right it's they play like Struess, vincent hero robinson um oladipo lowry even you know pj tucker's only like six five like uh he doesn't act like it, but he's he's not that tall, like you know, compared to the six eight, six ten guys he has to guard. That's a good one. I like that. I think, yeah, I think size could definitely um could definitely help that team out. So we can ask Logan what he thinks. Yeah. Comes back. Sorry, Logan. <laughs> he almost had it. Um now Logan has to cheer for Golden State. Uh yep. and so speaking of Golden State, let's uh transition over to this finals preview, an interesting finals preview. I don't think anyone at the beginning of the season could have guessed this. You know, a lot of people were saying, well, the Warriors might might be, you know, tough. Clay coming back and whatnot. But Boston, I think, has kind of been the surprise team so far. Um, that's kind of surprised everyone in these playoffs. We're all talking Milwaukee, Brooklyn, Miami, Philadelphia. No one really gave Boston a chance. I know I really wasn't didn't have them making it all the way to the finals. Um, and then but, losing to Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I guess, you know, props to Boston, like we said. Uh, Udoka did a great job. Um, but this is going to be a different series. This is against uh, – it's going to be the basically experience of that Warriors core versus, I think, uh, the length and athleticism that you pointed out of Boston, right? Uh, clearly each each team has their own way of how they want to play. Um, and I think it's going to be really interesting to see how uh, Udoka and the Celtics can kind of game plan to stop that high-functioning Warriors, you know, offense and, you know, break down that defense. Um, but let's get into, um, I guess, what's at stake for both of these teams, right? So... We have on one side Steph, Clay, and Draymond that could cement themselves as I mean they're already Hall of Famers, right? Um, but into that new upper echelon of the I because I mean there are three time winners and that's obviously you know hard to do. But when you get to that four ring level, that's LeBron, right? Uh, that four rings, that's a an even more exclusive club. Um, then we really start talking about the greatness of Steph. And, you know, I mean, he's really the the guy, right, on that team. We, we, we know that. Obviously, Clay and Draymond are important, but we know it's Steph's team. And it's, it, yeah, I think the legacy implications, like, like you pointed out, it's, it's a lot on the line. Um, not like he needs to prove himself any, anymore, but it, it could just boost that that, you know, legendary status of his. And then on the other side, you know, Tatum, a lot of people actually were comparing this, this Boston, Boston team right now to that young OKC team, right. Um, That made it all the way to the finals. No one really expected them, but um, they beat a lot of tough teams on the way. They're really young uh, with a, a few veteran guys and, um, probably need to get something done before these guys get too expensive, I think. Um, so 
really interesting there. Um, I don't know. I guess the question is, who do you think has uh, more to gain and um, from winning this finals? So for me, I think we look at the stars, right? Steph Curry is the face of the Warriors. Jason Tatum as the face of the, the Celtics. So to me, I actually think there's more at stake for Tatum because he hasn't really proved anything yet. Steph has three rings. He's won two MVPs. We all know he's the greatest shooter ever. He's a top, you could argue, 10 to 20 player in the NBA. But Jason Tatum, it's like, what do we know about Jason Tatum? We don't really know much. It's like, can he be the alpha to take you over the top? You know, can he be kind of like that next Kevin Durant maybe, you know, to be that elite scorer who develops into a playmaker and can get one to two championships. So I think Tatum, you know, I wouldn't even call him a young player anymore. I think he's in his prime right now and he needs to show the world why, you know, he has that Kobe mentality, right? He's a huge fan of Kobe. People compare him to KD in terms of his build. Uh, I, I think with Tatum winning this finals against Golden State, that would, that, I mean, you beat Golden State to win your first title. To beat, you could basically take down the dynasty if you beat him. Who knows? But I think with a win for Tatum, that's going to catapult him to top. 50 maybe you could argue he could be in that Giannis level already so I just see there's more to gain for Tatum than even if Curry wins finals MVP or another title because we already know how great he is yeah I like that point um yeah I mean because we've seen right there are guys that have are close and um it, it's just the championship brings something just so much more than um, the individual accolades, right? We we don't talk about Carmelo and CP, right? Like we do Braun and, and Steph. Like it's just how it was. And until KD won with Golden State, right? I mean, he is a champion, but before that, what, were, what was the narrative about KD? He made it to that finals once. I mean, they, they couldn't really win at all. Great player, couldn't win. And you still see that to this day, uh, right, with Barkley. Like, Charles Barkley, still to this day, is known as the guy that couldn't win a ring. AI, great talent, couldn't win win the ring, right? Couldn't win at all. Um, that's a good – yeah, I think that's – I'm going to have to agree with you on that one. Because, um, I mean, this is the chance, right? Uh, even Devin Booker last year. He had the shot. They were up 2-0. Um, Chris Paul, unfortunately, as much of a fan of his game that I am, um, he had it and he, you know, couldn't finish. Um, and so we don't, you know, we don't talk, we just don't talk about champions um, like we do everyone else that is, are still great players in their own right, but um, yeah, if, if if Tatum can uh, can pull this one off against this Warriors team, with how they're looking, yeah, he, I think he is well on his way to uh, 
like icon status. Um, so it's going to be interesting. Um, but let's talk about the game itself. Um, before we get to a break here, I thought we were going to fit it all, but I think we're just, we'll just go to a break. Um, so before that, though, I, I want to get into um, – let's get into predictions before we get into the nitty-gritties um, stuff, I think. So you go first. I want to hear your prediction. Oh, I'm who first wins, going out with the prediction. Who wins and okay. then how many, how many games? And let's go uh, MVP as well, finals MVP as well. Okay. So when I look at these two teams, I see Golden State obviously with their high-powered offense versus Boston's length and obviously their defense led by Marcus Smart as the defensive player of the year. Um, But to me, it comes down to late-game execution, especially in the finals. And I'm looking at who, who do I trust more with the game on the line? And I got a team that's won three championships that's been to five versus I got a team at Boston who almost blew the game seven up by double digits with about three minutes left against the Miami Heat. So I'm going to pick the Warriors with their experience. Uh, I'm going to say Warriors in six. Warriors in six. I think Boston's... Tatum's definitely going to be good enough to not get swept, I think. Um, but I I just think Golden State's flawless in terms of late-game execution compared to Boston. And it's kind of obvious, but I'm pretty sure Steph Curry's going to win finals MVP if Golden State wins. Okay. So put in Steph Curry for finals MVP for me. Okay. Um, yeah. I'm I'm I'll agree with you on the the winner. I think it actually is gonna go seven. Um, I think it's gonna be you know a little bit closer um, than what you think. I don't know. Just um, I really think Tatum is gonna show us show us what he's made of, um, and Boston is just capable of just clamping you. And the the other thing too is that we've seen, and even in these playoffs. Um, there are just some nights Golden State does not show up. Like in these playoffs, they just they got blown up from remember the Memphis that Memphis series? Like um obviously, you know, this is the finals and they're ne- they're never gonna give up, quote unquote, on a game, right? But it's like there's they're more beatable this time around. Like like what I you know, I said this on the last pod as well. Um they don't have that same you know I don't think they strike that same fear into people like when, you know, they were in their, their first, I mean, this could be the start of their second dynasty, but that dynasty that they had, right. The three finals in four years. Um, it doesn't seem like it, it seems like they're, they're beatable. Um, but I still think kind of what you said, the execution and, and stuff like that to me, it's um, I guess we'll go X factor here um, for me. What, I think the X factor is uh, going to be for, for Golden State are the two wings, I guess, defenders. Um, it's going to be Wiggins and Thompson. And if if Andrew Wiggins can play defense like like he did on Luka, because um, I think I, I it's hard to say who's going to be guarding Tatum because um, it really might – they might put Wiggins on Tatum. 
and uh, have Clay guard so. Jalen Brown. Um, you know, Draymond Green, Al Horford, or Robert Williams, or whoever is in the game. Um, and I guess it's going to be who? Who's that? Because who's going to be that that fourth option um, for Golden State? I don't not pool all the time. Well, yeah, I guess pool, but you can't really hide them on defense. That's the, that's the thing, I think. Um, so that's going to be interesting, but I think it's going to come down to how which Andrew Wiggins do we get? Do we get, you know, the one that we've seen more recently who's picking up Luka full court, uh, giving that kind of effort, or are we going to see kind of that Andrew Wiggins of old doesn't quite have that motor it's late in the season. He's never played this late into the season before. I don't know. To me, that he he's my X factor. Okay, so my X factor, not the same as yours, because I think Andrew Wiggins is is a star. I think he's a good player. So my X factor actually is Kevon Looney, the center for the Warriors, because of the reasons I said with the Miami Heat. So the Miami Heat. Very small team outside of BAM. They got dominated on the glass. So can Kevon Looney kind of neutralize those Celtics bigs and kind of to what he did against Memphis? So Memphis, they played Memphis in the second round with Steven Adams, uh, Jaron Jackson, Brandon Clark, all these big guys in Memphis. But Kevon Looney was, he was kind of outworking all of them. I mean, he was getting... I think he had a 20 rebound game mm-hmm. in one game. I mean, yep. that's really kind of when he kind of broke out. So if, if he can do something similar to that and control the glass, limit Boston from getting second chance points, that's going to help Golden State tremendously. Right. You can't let Boston get second chance. I mean, you can't let any team get second chances, but especially when you're small. All right. Um, how's how's this script, though? Let me, let me go uh, Clay Thompson. Finals MVP. How would that be? That's your finals MVP. Clay returns. <laughs> game. They're seven. gonna. They're gonna not give it to Steph. <laughs> I. They haven't. They haven't before. It's been Iguodala and Durant the whole time, right? <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, unless Steph just plays awful and they win. Well, it's gonna. Then... Marcus Smart is gonna be guarding him. Man. The defensive player of the year. I don't know. No. Um. Well, real fast, Clay though, let's Thompson. just get <laughs> – Yeah, Clay. Come on. Uh, but, yeah, okay, well, let's just get to a quick break, um, and then we'll be right back after this. Okay, guys, thanks for sticking around. Uh, we're almost done here. Um, but – one so some final things I want to touch on before uh, it starts. So I think the big thing we're gonna to need to see, um, I guess. So the key for the Warriors, in my my opinion, is gonna be um, how they handle their cold stretches, right? Um, because I think Boston. It's gonna. They're gonna be fairly cons- consistent offensively. I think um, they might not come out and score 120 points a game, but I think they'll be around 100 to 110 points a game. Um, 
and you know obviously the warriors are capable of going nuclear at any time right but it's you know when they're the shots aren't falling for them when steph's threes aren't falling when clay's threes jordan Poole's threes aren't falling can they still you know get enough offense to keep them in the game uh with boston's defense uh and it's gonna be you know i think if i'm gonna give a prediction of how this series is gonna go i think uh golden state comes out i think they go up two to one golden state goes up two to one um then boston comes back uh they make adjustments on whoever is the guys that are killing them uh take it you know to game seven i guess so it'll go then they'll go what one and one and two back the other way and then it's just gonna be um whoever shows up in game seven i think i give that edge to the warriors because I really, I really like what uh, Udoka has been doing with this Boston team. Like he rallies them, and he makes I think the winning adjustments, like Derek White, Al Horford stuff we've been talking about. Um, so that's kind of my prediction on how the series is gonna go. And uh, I really want to see, you know, how either team kind of manipulates the Jason, whoever Jason Tatum's matchup is, because um, I think ideally. If you have Draymond on Tatum, that might be what I think is your best option, right? Like we saw what PJ Tucker could do. He couldn't complete. It's like you can't completely stop him, but you can make him uncomfortable and you can limit him um, in games. And Tatum went like, you know, he's really good at getting to the line in this Miami series. But there were times, you know, he's one of eight, one of nine uh, in in first half of games and um I think it, it was partly due to how the Heat were guarding him. So uh, to me, it's going to just come down to like adjustments, um, how Golden State reacts, and then who who's going to guard Jason Tatum. Because um, I don't think – I mean, Andrew Wiggins, if he had Draymond's brain, would be ideal. But I think uh, there's a – I mean, there's a reason Draymond's a defensive player of the year too. So those are – those are my things I, I kind of am going to be keeping my eye out for. So. Okay, okay. So let me answer. I think I'm, I can answer your question. Who's going to guard Jason Tatum? Everybody, because they're going <laughs> to switch. That's what Golden State does. Yeah. Everybody's going to guard him, and they're going to help. That's the key with Golden State. So if they play good help defense, and I think what Golden State needs to do is kind of take a page – out of what Miami did a little bit in that game seven. So maybe you don't let Jason Tatum, don't let Jalen Brown touch the ball in those critical moments. Let Marcus Smart make that play. Because it seems to me that Marcus Smart has a bad habit of making the wrong basketball plays <laughs> late in the late in the games when the game is on the line. We saw it against Milwaukee in that game five. Almost saw it come back to bite him in game seven against the heat and you know that kind of goes to my point about boston is i think they can stay very close in this series and possibly win it if they don't let marcus smart get out of his like zone like if marcus smart he's kind of like the critical piece to me he's kind of like their big three their third option but he can't be playing like a number one option on offense even a number two like 
he should not be taking 25 shots a game, <laughs> you know, going one for nine from three. Like, you're going to get killed if you do that. If you take smart shots and you play like a point guard, so his, he's a point guard, so he's got to be able to facilitate, facilitate the offense and get everybody else involved while playing his stellar defense. I think that's going to be the key. Can Marcus Smart play within himself? Because if he starts getting too big-headed, then Golden State's going to get on a big run and you're not coming back from that. Yeah. If Well, I mean, once they go on those runs, like um, the, I, like the third quarter of every game, it's going to be huge. Like if Golden State just comes out and it's like boom, 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 oh, shit, we're down 15 points going into the fourth quarter. Like, good luck coming back from that. Um, yeah. It's going to be – this one's going to be interesting. I like the Kavon Looney that you brought him up. I'm thinking about it now. Yeah, I think he's going to serve a pretty big role in this series. Because um, I don't know how many other bigs they really have it at all, honestly. Um, Draymond. <laughs> well, I mean, if you talk about size, yeah, it's kind of just loony. I also oh. want to say one thing. So you said Warriors in seven, and I said Warriors in six. So I I said Warriors in six because I don't think they're gonna let it get to Game Seven. <laughs> they're not gonna mess around with that from the last time they went in a Game Seven. <laughs> <laughs> it's not gonna happen again for them all right well uh was there anything else i really wanted to touch on here no i think that's about it i think i think this is gonna be a good finals um not one a lot of us were expecting but i think it'll still be an entertaining one um so i'm pretty excited for that honestly um and but yeah let's we'll we'll be revisiting uh revisiting how the series is going next week so all right well that's that's it for finals talk the other news um since i am a lakers fan uh, this is big news for you yeah big big news for me i said i don't want to talk about it until they hire a coach and uh, so the lakers uh last week announced it was it was smart actually it was it was friday <laughs> friday right before um the weekend of game or you know right before the Easter conference final stuff um so it was announced that a former assistant coach of the Milwaukee Bucks Darvin Ham uh is going to be the new head coach for the Lakers uh can't say I know too much about him um but you know from the things that I've been reading seems like he's a pretty you know he 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 commands or demands a presence in the room kind of guy, uh, which is exactly who the Lakers needed. Um, I love you know Terry Stotts. He would I could not see him as a coach for this team. Um, Atkinson I would have been more okay with, as long as we it wasn't Stotts. Um, I don't know. I I think um, I think it's going to be interesting to see. Obviously, you know what kind of team we're gonna be. Uh, it's 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 gonna be about the mentality for me. I think too many times this year, 
and I brought it up too. It's like there's some nights, you know, oh, we don't have it tonight, guys. Let's just write it off, right? And you can't have have those nights in the NBA when, especially in the West now, where every game, like we've seen every game is so important, right? Look how close the West was this year, um, or even the East, right? Those play-in tournament, you know, seedings came, came down to one game. And I don't think, you know, this team can afford to just say, ah, oh, we don't have it tonight, guys. Let's just let LeBron go score 30, help him get closer. Like, I don't think we can have that if we really want to just make the playoffs, first of all, um, and have a chance at a deep run. And we need someone to to going to push Anthony Davis. I don't know, you know, if uh, what what it's. I mean, we can't say we we're not there in the building, right? But clearly, whatever Vogel was trying to do didn't work. Um, and just, I want you know someone to. I want him to be talking to Anthony Davis right now, because you know it was the off season last season. He came in out of shape, not ready to play. And his body just de- decays. So I'm hoping some messages relayed to AD. You're capable of being a top five player in the league. We've seen that. If you can do that, LeBron is not getting any younger. I know it seems like he's going to play forever. He's not going to get any younger. We need someone to push AD to get that championship mentality back. And someone please figure out what we're doing with number zero. Because I... I think it's going to be very important for Coach Ham and how he's going to approach this season, right? He's going to need to know if we're keeping Russ or not. And the latest thing I saw on the Russ stuff was that they don't want to package him with any other assets, which is insane to me. I still think you do what you have to do, first-rounders or not. It it didn't work this year. It was his, you know – the same attitude we've seen throughout his whole career. I've never been a big Russ guy. I've been pretty vocal about that. Um, and I just hope that if they do keep him, that you know, Coach Ham is the one that can help steer us in the right direction. Steer Russ in the right direction. Just you know, get him to accept his role a little bit more. That's all we really need. Um, to just not, you know, what we were saying about Marcus Smart, just play within yourself. And that as I'm saying it out loud, sounds insane because we're talking about Russell Westbrook. So I don't know how they're going to do it. I still think they should try to ship him, but that's my Lakers rant. I'm done. I've been waiting for this day. <laughs> I know you had to let out a lot of steam with that that topic. But you know, what, what do you give them like a like a rating, like a zero to ten on the hiring? Yeah. 10 I mean, being great, zero being it's hard for me to say uh, because I don't was... I don't know a ton about him, honestly. Um he comes from, you know, a winning pedigree. He has, you know, knows he's been in a championship, uh, on a championship team. He's been with the Lakers before, so he kind of knows, you know, uh how the LA is, the pressure that you have, right? Um he has a playing experience, which is which I like. Um I guess it's it's really time will tell. Um, but at least what I'm hearing, if he has that personality, you know, uh, can be a leader um, and not just bend to whatever LeBron says, I think that's, that's something um, 
that I I would if you know assuming these reports are true I'll give it like a seven an eight um maybe an eight considering who the other options were um so good job Jeannie because I think I think it sounds like this is the best one he's that's the type of personality we need as a head coach right now of the Lakers uh it's been too much power given to Braun AD and Russ to just let them do and say what they want we need someone to coach again um just not Phil don't bring Phil back Phil stay the hell away from LA go back to New York um Phil is a good coach he's just not a good GM okay you're right maybe we sh- he should coach them <laughs> uh, yeah I guess that's that's my rating oh man I don't know what we're gonna do with Russ so for me I'll keep it kind of short but the thing that I look at with this hire is you touched on this too is Anthony Davis so Darnham came from Milwaukee right under Budenholzer and under his tenure, we kind of saw Giannis kind of grow right into the player that he is today. And with what we've seen from AD, he's kind of almost regressed. It's like he's declining and he's 28 years old. He's supposed to be like ascending to the top, you know, in that prime age. But it, it seems like he's kind of taking steps backwards. So if he can figure out how to get AD to kind of capture that Pelicans AD, just dom- physically dominating. And I always think back to that game that we went to in the playoffs when we saw Portland versus New Orleans when Anthony Davis absolutely shredded Portland in that game. Which also, let me just say, he was guarded by Yusuf Nurkic, which isn't kind of helps. <laughs> but, but... They need that Anthony Davis back who said, give me the ball. I'm taking it to the hoop. Nobody can stop me. And if he can somehow figure out how to get that out of him, uh, they'll be back. I think the Lakers will be back with a healthy, dominant AD. And then the Russ thing, that's kind of, it's kind of a wild card because you can't really expect anything from, from him because it seems like every other coach has kind of failed to get the most out of him, especially when he plays with other stars. We saw it with James Harden, the wizards. I wouldn't really count that with Bradley bill because there was really no expectations. And then obviously with OKC, right. He just with Scott Brooks and Billy Donovan, just, they just couldn't get it done even with KD and Paul George too. So it's just, <laughs> I don't know, maybe Russ will have a, a kumbaya lighting, see the light moment, and he'll, he'll just stop taking bad shots. But to me, the X factor in this hire is getting Anthony Davis right because a healthy AD will will be night and day for the Lakers. Yeah. Oh, yeah, only time will tell. I say give up two firsts if you have to get rid of <laughs> To, uh, of Russ on that contract, it'll be worth it. <laughs> Lakers aren't gonna pick till like twenty thirty then. Yeah, well, we want we got the ring. It's fine. Oh, all right. Well, I don't know. I didn't ask. Do you have a sports fact thingy today? You do. Yeah, I do. I pulled right, it up during it. our break. Go so today is May thirty first. 
So back in 2008, this is kind of a new one for us. So to me, the fastest man in the world, Usain Bolt, uh, he broke the world record in the 100-meter dash. He ran a 9.72. Crazy. The fastest man in the world. That dude is insane. Breaking a world record. How many world records does he have? A ton. I don't know. Him and Michael Phelps. They're just freaks. Yeah. And we got to see them, like, live. So that's pretty cool. In their prime. I don't know if we'll ever see anyone. If we see someone faster than Usain Bolt, I'll test him. Drug test him. Test his... Was he made from humans or is he a robot? Because I don't... (laughs) the day know. someone Tyree Tyre Kill's been talking a lot of trash lately. <laughs> yeah. He ain't no Usain Bolt though. I don't care what anyone says. Oh, all right. Well, that was oh, that turned out longer than I thought. We really got into nitty gritty basketball stuff. We're not even basketball players. What do we know? Yeah, we're <laughs> intramural basketball players. Oh, true. <laughs> um. All right. Well, thanks guys for listening. Uh, we'll be back with another pod next week um talking final stuff and probably some more baseball um but until next time thank you guys for listening and we'll see you guys later